Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Oh, here we go again. Hello again, everyone. Yes, we are back. We're here to interview another person. It's your two dads. It's actually your three dads. You know how this thing goes. If you listen before, if not, then, well, I don't know. Join the ride, I suppose. Thank you for coming along for this first time, and we hope you come back again. Today, Dan and Sam and I are talking to a pretty interesting dad. His name is Caleb Potts. He comes from uh, down south USA, and he has quite the story to share with us. Usually when we get uh, a guest on, we really have a lot of questions that we plan to to share with you guys, we, you know, things we want to know about them specifically. But this time around, he's told us some things that really piqued our interest. And we just want him to kind of share, uh, share things at his own pace, share his story, you know, as he wants to. He's also the first ever listener to come on the show. So that's kind of cool. We've been asking for you guys to do that for like fucking ever. And it's like, it's, I don't know, maybe my mic cuts out when I get to that part or something. I don't know. I mean, you, you guys listen like every week, but it's like, that's it. I, I don't want to participate. I don't want to speak to you. I just want to hear your voice in my ear for an hour every week. And that's it. So finally, we found a guy that's going to take that extra step, put himself out there and share his story. So Caleb, man, we thank you for coming on. I know that uh, you've been pretty busy today. I'm glad that you were able to find the time to, uh, to talk to us. And I guess, you know, go ahead, introduce yourself, man, and uh, and tell us about Caleb. Yeah, Caleb Potts, I uh, appreciate you having me. Uh, and I'm glad to tell my story because uh, I thought I was the only one until I started watching you guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, and I guess I could start with my very first experience as far as being a father. Um, Cause it was pretty, pretty powerful. And it was the beginning of everything that is now. Uh, he'll turn 20, 21, October the 10th this year. And um, he was actually my, my ex-wife's uh, son. She was pregnant with him when she jumped over the border on her dad's work visa and stayed. Uh, uh, he was four years old when I met his mother in Houston, Texas. And some particular circumstances here in Mississippi got me to Houston, Texas, how I met her. And uh, we got pretty serious, talked about having a kid, but first moved him in to see how he would you know, adjust or whatever, see if it would even work. Um, and that was my first experience in Houston, Texas, in apartments, not real good jobs at all, but doing okay, you know, and living and loving life somewhat at that time, you know, both of us enjoying the hell out of it. Um, so yeah, it was a real good experience. And, um, 
Haniel is his name. Like I said, he'll be 21 October 10th. Him, uh, there was a there was a course of time here recently, uh, a couple years back, um, that I didn't see either one of my kids from down in Texas. And he was actually the one that broke that mold and told his mother, hey, I'm uh, – you know, I'm graduating high school now. This stuff's been going on too long. You've been keeping my dad, you know, from coming. And I'm not going to walk unless you let them come. Pretty powerful stuff, you know, coming from um, a non-biological kid. But the way we raised him, especially when his sister came along in 2008, um, there was no step stepson there was no stepdad nothing like that did everything sports everything just like uh he was my kid and like having him do something like that at a real vulnerable time two and a half years that was at the two and a half year mark that i hadn't seen my kids uh now i talked to him on the phone my son a lot less than my daughter but she and i we had to get creative how we would talk to one another like some real bad stuff coming about, and they used my past to keep me out of that town uh, for quite some time. And having a kid change that all in a blink of an eye. Um, so, um, first experience to a positive. I guess I could go to where um, I'll go to um, Valentina's birth in 2008. 2008 she's 14 now she'll be 15 in december she lives here now um she was in um living in uvalde when the school got shot up down there and um after the divorce in 2016 we had them set up in a, a house right across the street from rob elementary where that kid was where bullets was flying essentially one of her teachers she was pretty close with got killed and her friend got killed in that school and she hadn't been to mississippi in three years but she told her mom after school let out she was going to move here and just all all of a sudden boom and um at that point the things that my ex-wife had done, I, I'm not going to go into that because I'm not a big fan of like running anything on my exes or nothing like that. Um, but it it actually caught up to her. At some point here, I had to be patient, let go, let God essentially or whatever you want to call it. And uh, because here's the bonus, I had another little son here. He was around two years old when all this started happening um, with another woman here in Mississippi. It was call her baby mama. I don't know if it's appropriate, but um, no names. Um, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> she um she was a real particular one, and she let drugs get get the best of her. Just, we'll just leave it at that. And at one point, my two two and a half, he's almost three years old at that point. Son, usually excited about coming here, getting on the four wheeler with me, and doing something out here on the farm uh, and this day nothing and she had been allowing this fella the manipulator and a lot not letting him see me for a while so i'd already been talking to some attorneys 
that point, I, I, I said no more. And the next day, I went ahead and paid the attorneys and turned them loose. I had done give her a fair warning. Hey, I'm keeping him. I'm not going to let him ha- let him come back at all until you get clean, prove you're clean, and do all this. We could do it outside of court now. We don't have to do this. I try to do everything as level as I can because I've been on that other side of the fence. I keep that in mind because karma's huge. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. Damn, um, so she decided to go elsewhere, and I, I let the lawyers do their thing, and I got custody of him this, uh, like, last February was when that finalized, man. She never showed up a day, not a day in court. She don't care about this kid, man, so I'll make sure I do. Um, and the bonus, another bonus right after that, um, see, I'm not talking about all the suffering that I was doing in between. Um, June of that year, last year, it was when Valentina moved here. Uh, so I got custody Blaze in February, and then Valentina moved here the end of June. And then here I am, all of a sudden, boom. Surprise, single father of two. And I it, it took about a year to do all of the um, court stuff with Blaze. And the whole time, this is still going on down there, but we're kind of, we found a way to live and, you know, just survive, I guess, with them being down there and us not be able to see each other. Um, so that was real unexpected when it, when it happened. Uh, I was not prepared for it at all. Um, I was staying single for Blaze because all that time during court and whatnot. Uh, and when she moved here, I really, I couldn't, I couldn't do it to the woman that was interested in me. And I've had to tell them that I'm, I'm not going to be able to give you the time necessary for us to be in a relationship. You're going to need more time than I'm capable of giving you because I've got to give this to the kids. My daughter chose me and, and, uh, that judge chose me with my son, you know? So that's the gist of all this. That's uh, that's some serious stuff, man. Pretty incredible. I, when you, you know, you, you shared some of it through the, through the messages on TikTok, and I could tell that it, it was, you know, some, some pretty deep stuff and, you know, some emotional stuff and you are you know i can i don't know you know i can't read you you know i'm not a good person or a good like person to like read you know strangers or anything like that so i don't know like you know who you are in regular life but i I get the feeling that you're you you might be shortchanging yourself on like you know how good a dad you are because you see you you kind of i mean like i said i'm terrible at it but you kind of give this like um like humble kind of attitude and I, I feel like you know that kind of bleeds over when, when you talk about these things like you know it's it's like just a matter of fact thing for you to say oh i can't be with a woman because i, I can't give her the time but that's that's fucking huge man like to know that you know to, for one to be devoted to your kids enough that you could just put off sex basically on the regular and then and then you know just to be smart enough wise enough whatever to know that like I have so much of me I can give 
And, and I, you know, I'm not gonna be able to give it to all these people at the same time. You like, I, you know, I kind of feel like you are, uh, you know, like most of us hope to be, you know, a, a step above where you probably like, if you rate yourself at like a five or something like that, then you're probably more like a seven or an eight, you know, something along those lines. Um, I, I feel like you might be kind of hard on yourself, but um, as we do, you know, I, I don't want to make you talk the whole time. So I'm going to give my, you know, my co-host a little bit of time to, to get out something they might be uh, interested in, something that might be on their minds as far as what you've said. So, uh, you know, like always, Dan, why don't you go ahead and take this first and, uh, and see if there's anything that you got to, to throw out there into the wind. Right on. Um, I want to just say thank you for coming on and thank you for listening. And uh, salute to you for doing, you know, what by any means necessary to provide for your kids uh that's seems to be lost in the in today's world where we just stick them with a tablet or a tv and just say entertain yourself and you know not that we don't care i say we but not that they don't care about their kids but they just you know don't have the time quote unquote to deal with them but um you right. you carved out and say it seems like from you know i'm going to echo what Corey said that uh you carved out a path for them and you you basically put your life on hold for them and that's as parents we that's what we need to do for our kids we need to stand behind them 110 percent, no matter what and, and do what's best for them and put our you know it sucks we have to put ourselves on hold but that's what our kids deserve and it'll come back to you man like you said karma karma is a big thing uh you'll get you'll get what you know you'll get what you deserve coming to you in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I mean that in a hundred percent good way, but yeah. Uh, I don't really have any questions. I just, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, we, we need more fathers like you in the world that will sacrifice their whole life for their kids. Yeah. Uh, I just want to add guys, on to what Dan said. Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say you guys are right. I've kicked my own butt for, forever and everything throughout life is probably the childhood I had um, that was special forces you know airborne green berets during Vietnam so that's that's what this war room's all about like his legacy or whatever but I never joined the military but I, I got that I, I, I constantly not necessarily driving to be better but like like wondering why I didn't do it as good as the potential I had to do. Cause I find myself being lazy a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm the, I'm the same way, bro. With the, with the laziness, I, I feel yeah. like I kind of excuse it a little bit because we see it, you know, like we, we know that we are being lazy. We know that we need to do better. So that puts us a step ahead of a dad that, you know, doesn't even really notice how bad he is or doesn't care if he does notice. So, you know, it, it's like we see that there's a problem and we know that we need to work on it. And the next step is just to continue to do that. It's just really a matter of of putting in the time and, and being dedicated. And you you show just in your words that you are definitely dedicated. I, uh, I, I, just, I was going to say, uh, on top of what Dan said, you you made this decision you know, to be there for your, your kids when you didn't have to, like, it's not like there's a, a law that made you, you know, be a good dad. You've chosen to do that just based on your own morals and, and how much you love your kids. Like my dad is a piece of shit and he's sick right now and I don't give a fuck. And 
it's because he just didn't, he, you know, he said he cared, you know, he said lots of things, but he was never there. He, he never put in the time. He never put in the effort and you are doing that when you don't have to. So, you know, congrats to you on that. Um, with, uh, Dan being kind of done for the, for the moment, Sam, did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Caleb, like I said, you had an incredible story just from what little bit we've talked um, already. And it seems to me like it seems like you've decided because of your past trauma, pains and the struggles that you've went through from, you know, from childhood on up until your adult time here that, you know, you've decided to focus on giving love to your children, giving love to your family, despite the adversities that, you know, instead of passing on your grief that you've experienced and your sadness, you've decided to, um, you've decided to, like I said, share love and show love and kindness because you recognize what it's like to be on the other side of the fence, or you understand what it's like to be in a struggle and you understand, you know, what it's like to not have the love, have somebody to have your back or to have the support and the, um, uh, and the guidance that, that your children are looking up to you for. And even though you've went through these these trials and these times and stuff before, you know, uh, this this situation that you're in right now. Your kids still look up to you and they remembered how you treated them. You're, they remembered what you did for them. They understood as they grew older <clears throat> the sacrifices you made on their behalf. And that's coming back and it's it's, it's coming back to you in kind, you know, that that uh, like I said, with you getting custody of your children. You, you're finding yourself in hopefully a better position and a better situation now, and maybe even with some happiness in your life. And, you know, if we're going through that struggle, you know, you're not alone. You're, you're, you're not alone in that. You know, there's, there's countless other dads, countless other families out there that have experienced and things like that. And I'm not trying to minimize, marginalize anything that you went through at all, because it's very serious and it can have a lot of effects, a draining effect on your on your health, a draining effect on your personality. It just bogs you down just to leave the house every day. You know, uh, some, some of us understand that. And like I said, you know, my, yeah. hat's off to you. my hat's off to you for, you know, getting up every day and doing what you need to do and making sure that you, you know, you take care of your kids the best way you know how, despite the circumstances that, you know, that life throws at you. So, um, you know, just keep on, it, it, there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Who can tell you when? I, not me. I, I, I don't know when that's going to be for you, but if things are starting to pick up for you right now, uh, I hope they are. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. If your life is turning around for the better in some, in oh, some ways. As soon as I got custody of blaze, things picked up for me. I'm talking about even at work, they, they noticed it. They thought it was because I'd moved to a different department. I says, no, <laughs> what you guys are not hearing about, you know, what you're not remembering is, I'm in court with my son on a custody thing, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. The wait, I'm talking about after that last court date is just, and I cried too because he, just as you guys are saying right now, um, like he finally made me realize, dang, like I'm doing this and this is super important for this kid. And you know, my, my dad wasn't a piece of shit. He was just different. He loved to stay in the woods. He was stuck back there, but he could still function normal out here. But he was so damn quiet. Like, you, you didn't know how to take him. And he was a serious death trap, man. He was a lethal man. And he, I was the only son 
like uh so i got that i got those sub-zero training and sleep deprivation and multi-weapons before i'm 10 11 years old and all this war knowledge in my head he mom and him get into it they didn't divorce but he moves up on the ranch in tennessee with my uncle his brother so i would see him three or four times a year you know going up there to hunt or during the summertime for a visit or something like that it was mom taking me to baseball practice to the baseball games things like that um during my important years i guess through a teenager he didn't he didn't move back till uncle ray got killed down in texas and uh yeah, I, I think that was my junior or senior year in high school. I'm already out in the street banging, man. And that's another thing I had to say. I, I do appreciate y'all, you know, giving me some props here. I'm, I'm going to kick myself a little bit, guys, uh, but I have to hold myself accountable because I won't turn back. I, I, 2015 is when I dropped this life, but it was terrible. I'm, I was a terrible human being back then, and I – I was a part of and did some things that I, I won't, I can't even discuss, you know? So, and that, Oh Lord, I, I think what happened is I should have joined the military, but I didn't, I joined this other military in the streets and I was ready to rot. I did every bit of that to myself. Um, my parents was good parents, even him. Yeah. It was difficult at sometimes, but you know, Love my parents, love my mom, you know, God rest daddy's soul. He's a good dude, you know, he just built for war. That's what that man was built for. Um, but I, I did turn it around. And when I decided to not go back, it I was serious about it. And my, my move back to Mississippi after dad died, I, I stayed out here on the farm because it was just mom. My sisters and their husbands, they don't, they don't care about this. We got horses, got animals, we got chick, we got tons of chickens, man. Like kitchens full of eggs too. Like so, you know. And that's the other thing. Us as fathers, if if um, shit hit the fan. I'm sorry. Um, S H I T. Go for it. Whatever. No, you're good. You're good. If shit 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 Like we're gonna have to, you know, we're my five year old. He can't self sustain. You know. Um, but us as a family out here, not an issue. And I've got trees already picked out at the end of the lanes that are disconnected highways from everything and a bridge on the other end. So like we, I don't know. And that got instilled in me too. Not a prepper or nothing like that. And I don't freak out about stuff, but I've always been good with guns and hunting and, uh, trapping and stuff like that. Come from dad, good knowledge and stuff like that. So just having the pressure of thinking about that now is kind of something, too. During all of this nonsense, I was drinking myself to death. Uh, I got the perfect shirt on. I haven't had a drop in a month. Um, I found myself drinking every day a little bit over a month ago, and I was like, nope, I got to stop this. So I set it down completely. I'm I'm glad I'm capable of doing that because – about 10, 15 years ago, I couldn't do that at all. Hats off to you. To... Alcohol addiction is a terrible thing. I'm telling you, it is a powerful, I mean, it's a disease. I mean, it, it really is. Alcohol addiction is, is a terrible thing. Um, yeah, I can share some yep. commonity with you about that. I'm, 
I, I went through months and years of AA meetings myself, and I was a, a daily drinker. I mean, I had to have gallons on me all the time. I always had to at least have a couple cases of beer, not spend an absorbent amount of money on it. And it was it was ridiculous. I shouldn't have done it. And, you know, I didn't, I was sick. I didn't see the writing on the wall. It, it cost me a heavy price. But um, after I decided to make the decision to be sober and, and not look back, I haven't touched the stuff in, in several years now. And, you know, from, you know, one function, I mean, one, one dry alcoholic or one alcoholic to another, like I said, congratulations for doing that. I mean, it's a very big decision to make and it's, it, it'll change your life. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you've been able to kind of, uh, keep that under keep that under control in and of yourself it's it's a tough thing to do oh yeah definitely is rough i um we was living here in mississippi i was married to my ex-wife we had valentina she was probably four or five years old and i think hanyel was about seven or eight um it was 2012 um we was family over here and i got a decent job i'm working horses too I was breaking and uh, training and trying to breathe a little bit as well. Um, I was super busy with drinking all the time. Uh, and it was easy because I was supervisor and they didn't mess with me. So long as I made their paycheck, you know, their their, their uh, $3,500 bonus check every month, they wouldn't say a word to me. So it was just uh, too easy for me to get by with it. Um, and... I put myself in rehab. Uh, I went down to Florida for three months and I, and I knew I didn't want to just quit drinking forever because I was young still. And, and I, you know, it was one of the things so I wanted more control than anything. But I found out it, if you ever start doing it on a daily basis, it, it will reach out and grab you by the throat and keep you as long as it wants you. And if you, Main thing I had to I had I was weak minded back then, real weak minded, and they cut me down. Especially these women, I mean they they made me feel like I was exactly what they were saying I was, and it, it felt terrible, terrible. Alcohol is uh, is a big part of my family too. It's a reason my dad is in the position he's in. Uh, he actually, though, unlike you, where you have voluntarily, you know, been able to quit uh, seemingly for as long as you want. If you can go a month, you could probably stop forever if you wanted. But my dad was in jail for like, I don't know, you know, 1159 or 1129, whatever it was. For those of you at home, that means just short of a year. <laughs> um, and uh, he, you know, he cleaned up over there, he cleaned up off of uh, Xanax and alcohol and um First thing he did when he got out, you know, went right back to drinking. And I, like, I never understood that you, you know, you had a chance to, to turn things around. You were in the best shape, best health that you had been in and, and who knows how long. And, and he just chose to dive right back in and he has never, he, he got off of, or he stayed off the Xanax and went to uh, Valium and, um, and then got off the Valium and now he's just on, uh, the alcohol and, and, uh, opioids. So, you know, give him a little bit of credit, uh, you know, for, for, for the bit that he has done. Uh, I don't want to completely shortchange him. Uh, it, it doesn't speak well of me to talk shit about my dad, but my dad is a piece of shit. And so it's hard for me to like, expect like what we're doing right now, like my grandma just died and there, there's just so much 
to do to deal with and my dad just refuses to do any of it uh just doesn't want to talk to any like the lawyer is his lawyer but he won't talk to him and just all these things that it like make him an active obstacle to getting things done so these these days in particular i'm like you know kind of uh more mad at him than normal but you know with that being said like the fact that you were able to long story short the fact that you were able to step away from the alcohol whenever you want that speaks to real strength of character like maybe even stronger than, than you would imagine because when you when you do like that like you said when you're going every day like that even if it's just a little bit every day you know alcohol is a is a monster and it's not it's nothing like you know it uh, it's it's hard it's hard for me to to explain it to anybody who's you know not experienced it or whose family's not involved in it but like alcohol is a demon and it's not something that you you, you know you could typically just let go of like that so the fact that you were able to, that really does speak highly of you, highly of your strength, your will, and, and you know, and, and your basically your your future in general. Because if you could just do that like that, then you could you could just do anything if you want to. Yeah, right. mindset, mindset thing. That's why I was saying a while ago, like back at my worst, and I could probably tell you about a time I'm probably just ruining you guys' day. It was literally right after they cut my finger off, man. Like but another another amazing story but at a super low point that i was just drinking and drinking and golly just, just didn't want to be around anybody but blaze was being kept from me i i, I couldn't see him i didn't have no kids zero kids uh, and that's all i really wanted that's all i ever cared about back when I was on the other side of the fence. That was truly nothing else. My life, people's lives around me that didn't matter to me, nothing. And so that's one thing that stayed constant, at least. <clears throat> but not being able to see them took a real, real hefty toll on me. And see, I, I have gout eating my whole body up. Um, and it, it's bad. It's both feet, both knees, both elbows, and and one of my hands evidently, but I didn't know what it was. And um, that knot busted in my knuckle, and my finger tried to kill me. And um, twenty twenty one, yes, uh, December twenty twenty one, right there at the end of it. Um, so they did the surgery, kept de developing infection, um, and getting in my bloodstream. Um, it was getting to where they thought they was going to end up having to start cutting other fingers and my hand off. And if it got to that point after that second surgery, they was trying to save it. Um, but no, I told them, go ahead and cut it off on that third surgery. Two months later, this, um, I'm not doing well. I mean, I'm going through therapy and whatnot and, um, still not seeing my kids I'm talking to Valentina. They're making fun of me. I'm Ninja Turtle now like uh, like it's, it's weird but i liked it it was fun job. it was a good time as far as being a dad and whatnot but um we had this big ice and snow come through so uh, about two inches of ice came through and then about six inches of snow on top of it so the pond froze up one of the fillies was just a younger mare she walked out in the middle of it, it looked like she just danced around on it or something fell in so I'm out there trying to get her and just can't break the ice. And I saw her go into shock. So I ran out there with her to get the rope out from where I fell into. Um, 
But me falling in broke all the ice up, and we was able to pull her over the levee with the tractor. I pulled her to the house with the four-wheeler. Short story, five hours working with her, saved her life, saved this horse's life. And it just, I don't know, something changed. Um, when I saw bodies of water, like anxiety attacks, that night I got in the shower uh, trying to warm it up and, you know, finally acclimating them. My nose started pouring blood. I think I got hillbilly hypothermia or something. Uh, but after that, I didn't want to be around people at all, not even to pay for gasoline at a gas station. So as I stayed home, I felt like a breeze was blowing on the bottom half of my body for about a month. <laughs> a lot of crazy things, a lot of crazy negative things and near-death stuff like happened to me during this you know not being able to be a father time <laughs> i would call it i guess and that was the only thing that i wanted was to to be a dad really because they cared about me they popped out and they thought i hung the moon and they deserved the same respect as they gave me from nothing you know we created that you know it's one of those things is way powerful than our, our minds can fathom, you know. Yeah, it's 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 not even a mind thing. It's like a, a, a you know a caveman thing. I don't know. It just goes beyond, you know, rational thought. You just like they're born and you see them. Like it's like it it, it will for me and Dan. I think it did take a little bit for a, a huge connection to be made. But you see them when they're born and just like a, a you know, you flip a switch and it's like okay now. You know, I know what they mean when they say that this is everything. And I know what people mean when they're like, I'll kill you if you mess with my kids. And, you know, like, because that was all just a something that you heard. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is one of our other. You will uh, never hear me say those words. Um, it, well, yeah, I mean, for, for someone that's lived a, a life like yours, you probably are a bit more careful about, or even not, not even really careful. You probably just simply think differently about things than you know than, than i do yeah i just do it if, if the scenario is about it's happening there's no talking about it like if my if my daughter or my son or my mother or sister i see it's going down right then there's no talking about it at all like, things change and you know when 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 real oh lord like this terrible conversation becoming from a father however it is a possibility you'll be running a situation where you may have to take another man or another man's life and there, there's so many variables there it's it's pitiful but you you cannot think you about none of them not one single one of them because the most important thing on your mind at that point is supposed to be my kids living you know whatever's happening the end game is we're surviving this shit that's uh, that's real talk right there i mean that's yeah you you know that's that is the way that you that it's supposed to be you know you don't think about it don't talk about it just do it get it over with and and you know move on uh you know worst case scenario happens like you said um but uh you you know like i said i don't want you to have to uh talk the entire time dan uh, anything popping up in your head that you wanted to uh ask caleb here uh no i mean i don't want to you know i don't want to get too deep into anything that you know he doesn't want to talk about but um 
No, ask y'all, y'all, y'all ask. I, this, the reason, okay, so if I may, I, I really wanted to hear some questions for real. Like, so I'll let you know if I if it's something that just won't talk about. You know, it's it's not a big deal. Ask away, man. Right on. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to know. Well, I mean, not to get too down and depressing or anything, but I, I just kind of want to know your kind of your mindset through this whole I mean you've kind of hit <clears throat> excuse me you've touched on it here and there but like just hearing what you, just a little bit you've talked about your your whole well your story basically I'm just like man I don't know like I'm not super mentally strong but I can take you know some things but like going through all that like I couldn't even imagine so just if if you don't mind kind of where were you mentally like how how bad did it either mess with you or did it like do you are you still suffering from any anything or did you just kind of like say no I'm gonna I'm just gonna do this because this is what I need to do um last time I saw my kids before the period where she wouldn't let me see them um Texas the state wouldn't <laughs> um she brought them up for dad's funeral and then that was it oh gone. I got back with baby mama and I, it was, it was a plan. It was a terrible plan, but she, back then I, I wasn't with her when she had my son Blaze and she later on, she wouldn't let me see much. She wanted me and I literally sacrificed myself. I got back with her so I would have more time with my son because I knew that's the only way that I get time with my son. So while I was with her, I'm struggling with all this stuff. She helped throughout a lot of stuff or whatever, and it helped being with a woman or somebody. No, I didn't ever trust her at all. Um, knew a lot of what she was doing the whole time. Um, people everywhere. Um, but it, it was terrible. Even while I was with her, it stuck, but at least I had a shoulder. But at one point, I couldn't be with her anymore and I left I came back out on out here uh and just stayed full time I was coming back and forth real close where I was living at when I was living with her um but I, I didn't want to live I was trying to figure out how to say that I, I didn't want to live and I've, I've always been like off the rails as far as whatever but I've never been suicidal. Um, it's not me. Um, I don't. I don't got the balls to to do that to myself. It's a lot easier when it's pointed at somebody else or something else. But no, it was it was terrible. But it, right, okay. So right at the end, right when I left Diana the last time, I wouldn't go back my ex-wife and I were talking and she's wanting me to sign my rights away. And that's the only way you'll see your kids for Christmas. And she ended up using them to lie to me. Hey, daddy, crying. Ooh, Valentina, my daughter lives here. Oh, daddy, the only way she's going to let you see is you sign this paper. Baby, like, you don't know what, you don't understand what those papers mean. Like, and, it, and it happened exactly like I told Valentina it would. Like, but at that point, I told Alma, this is Eric's wife, I said, look, I've got Blaze here, and I see him on a regular basis, and this is killing me. 
every single day. Every day, this is killing me. It's the time I go to sleep, the time I wake up, it's affecting me at jobs. It's, it's my, my, look, this is my kids that I've just been just ripped out of their lives for yeah. no reason. No, no no reason. No reason. I wasn't a dopehead. I wasn't doing the same things that I used to do. And she was married to me the entire time. And I was doing things with that family. Like I married a particular Mexican family. So any, any way, like, no, it, it was terrible. But I told her, I said, look, these kids are watching you. They're, they see this. I've got blades here. I've got to let go and I've got to let God or whatever. I've got to shift my energy so I can do something right here with my son. It's the only thing I can control. I can't control what you're doing down there, but I want you to know them kids are going to watch you. And, you know, it's, at that point, it became a little bit easier, but I just hit it, just matched the emotions. Uh, there was tons of times where I cried, beat the, beat the hell out of my steering wheel alone. You know, um, and like I said, pretty much drank myself to death or tried to. Um, that's how I coped with the emotions. They were terrible. And now it's, you know, I knew I did. A, I knew I was doing the right things with Blaze and it became something better. And then the bonus was Valentina moving back here after all of that. And I'm blessed. Uh, I feel good. But I know at any time Valentina could choose to move back down there on the border and then I would be without my daughter. However, I prepared for that back in 2016 with the divorce, you know, and I'm mentally capable of being okay with her being a thousand miles away so long as I can come see her and we talk about it before, you know, so um, it's a lot easier when you're capable of doing something like that. Right. And now that you have a, you know, a, a relationship with her because you see her every day, I'm sure that if she did decide to move in, it wasn't out of anger. It was just out of, Hey, I, I just need to change the scenery. Like you still would be close with her and that wouldn't be, it would be still bad that you couldn't see her every day, but it, it might make it easier, you know, that you can at least talk to her and you're still on good, good terms and, and stuff like that. Um, I kind of went through that with my dad. He moved, um, Corey and I live in Tennessee and my dad moved away from me about a thousand miles away when I was 11. So, you know, mm. I kind of, I, I get, I get that part of it. You know, um, those were my formative years. I needed a father figure at the time. And the one that my mom chose, like Corey said, to use his words was a piece of shit and still is to this day. Um, and I'm not, you know, that's, it's the truth. I'm not just saying that because of anything, but it's, he's a, he's just a piece of work. And, um, yeah, but my dad and I stayed close and we're closer today than we've ever been. And, you know, it's just the fact that he made the effort like you did, like you're doing with your kids. He made the effort to stay a part of my life, even a thousand miles away. And, um, you know, it, he said, I've, I've asked him, you know, was it worth it? And he's like, hell yeah, it was worth it. Like, you know, it sucked at the time. I hated going through all that shit. And, but now that I get to see you every day and now that I know you're okay and that you've turned out to be not a piece of shit, that you're a good person. And, you know, that makes it all, that makes it all worth it. And, uh, so yeah, we're, we, we kind of come from <laughs> similar situations. So I, I, I can feel, I feel for you, man, but, um, 
one more for me and I'll turn it back over to one of those two knuckleheads over there. Uh, biggest, I ask a lot of our guests, I try to anyway, the ones that I can make, um, what, what advice would you give any, any dad, just any new dad or any, any dad in general about, about being a dad? Patience, a lot, a lot of patience. And that goes during the bad times and the good times because the buildup and you know, every positive thing that could happen. I mean, you have to have patience to get there either way it goes. And if you don't, your life is terrible. And back when I didn't, and I knew, and look, and I got to one point where I was telling myself, I've got more patience today than I had yesterday. Just saying it out of the blue, or I've got patience. You got this. Or even with health, I'm healthier now than I was. And I don't take near as many steroids as what I used to have. I'm not saying it's that, but I'm trying to keep my mindset where it's there no matter where my body is. And I'm like it, using it as a end goal, like a point AP. I'm, I'm at point A. That's my goal. Like I'm going there subconscious, subconsciously on a daily basis just because I developed a little patience. Right on. You like uh, gave gave two bits of advice there in one. Um, I, I have one kind of silly question, but I, it, it can come or go. We're we're winding down here on the end, and I wanted to let Sam get anything else out there that he might have uh, percolating in his mind. I don't know if he was uh, holding anything back all this time. So, Sam, is there anything you wanted to uh, ask Caleb before we head on down the road here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the patient hitting on the patient's topic. Uh, that's, that's a big thing. I struggle with that every day as well. Um, you know, um, if I had a little bit more time, I could give some examples, but it's, it's, it's a beast. I mean, it's, it's a beast and, you know, having just enough patience will kind of get you by in the short term. It'll, it'll let you see what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to do, what your short term goals are. But I mean, is if you're able to expand on your patience, if you're able to increase your patience, you know, through either lifestyle changes, mindset changes, you know, environment changes and anything that's within your control, you know, that you can change how you react to, you know, people's comments, people's opinions, uh, people's actions and stuff like that, you know, and if you're able to digest that and change your frame of mind, having, having more patience will help you see your end goal, you know, your, your, your long-term goals to fruition, you know, a, a lot better. And it, it tends to kind of work out. Uh, and that's something that I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn as, as well, you know, myself with, uh, with my two kids and, um, but just to lighten the mood, I did have a question. It was just something we, we can go over real quick with what, what activities do you enjoy with your children now that help bring a smile to their face? What, what do you guys share? What kind of common activities do you guys like to do for fun that, you know, helps strengthen or, or helps maintain that bond that you've worked so hard to develop? Okay. So while, it was being developed even a little bit with blaze uh but especially with valentina 100 percent. i struggle being a father because we're more best friends than anything and that came from us sneaking around through snapchat or other different ways that out her mother didn't understand to communicate with one another <laughs> and talking a lot of shit talking a lot of shit even my son <laughs> 
today on the way back. I was picking up some shells. Dove season opens in morning, so I went to get some shells that he wanted to ride. So he was talking shit to me right before we pulled up in the driveway. And me and Valentina look at each other, like, bust out laughing. She said, I love this family. And it's those times right there. Those times where they admit that they are happy, truly. Not because yeah. of mothers pulling one way or something. Like, she has three tattoos now at 14 years old because her mother was doing anything she could to pull her that direction. I've told Valentina, I want her happy. I support whatever decision she makes. Before school, I had to enroll her in homeschool because I, she didn't come back for from Texas from summer for, for like three, it was like two, two and a half weeks before school started. And I literally thought she was moving back down there. Nothing prepared. No school enrolled. So quick, I, I got with the people, got enrolled in homeschool. So I could get them in a school without being looked at and then being punished for being behind. It's exempt from the whole first three weeks of school because I did it like that. It's crazy. But I found a little loophole if a dad gets behind and don't get their kids enrolled in school when he's supposed to. <laughs> right on. Well, I mean, I bet that happens a lot. <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, right on. So I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm real bad about that. I did want to uh, throw out my question. Uh, real quick before we go to to Dan and let him in thanks for us today especially for me and Dan we were actually a uh, kind of a musical group there for a while but music plays a really big part in our lives it really affects us emotionally one way or the other and I was wondering just on a personal note you know you've gone through some really dark times and you came out you know the other end what what kind of music if if you did have a type or a group or uh, an artist what what did you listen to when you were, you know, really bad, like when you, you know, like when you were in the car punching, punching your steering wheel, like what was playing on the radio? Tool mostly. Tool got me through a lot of stuff for decades. Um, and uh, Slipknot, Five Year Death Punch, um, they, I did get into some rap, but it was just because I, I was running with some people that was part of that lifestyle or whatever. Like Houston, Texas was fun, man. Like I have to tell you that, but, um, but not much, not a whole lot of rap. Um, in those rageful times, I swear sometimes at the worst, it would be Beethoven or, or Bach, um, like symphony number three. Um, most of, mo most of that, was real good and that's when my brain was like tunnel vision seeing red and everybody's bleeding like it, like i can't be around nobody that was at a point that i was at uh for shit i don't know about six months at one point like because i, I came from this life where things were violent rage full of rage and real intense every day sleeping with guns underneath your pillow and just ready for whatever, no matter if it's going to happen or not, uh, just living on edge to back on a farm in Mississippi. Like, and it was, oh, Lord, like, there was no way to spin the race. And I really wasn't just dating too much, like, at that point anyway. So there was no, you know, release as well, like, this. So yeah, two two would be probably one of my favorites, but most memorable. 
banned yeah. from that period. <laughs> That's awesome. I, 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 you know, you didn't surprise me too much with Slipknot and Five Finger, but Tool kind of ca- caught me by surprise there. I was not expecting you okay. to say that. That's cool though. Um, Sam apparently is a huge fan of Tool for judging from his reaction. So, um, I, I saw him once in Hawaii and when I was in the army, and they were they were really cool. Um, well, I tried to see him again, but it was like way too way too much for my level of fandom. I am going to see uh, Wheeler Walker Jr. Uh, this month. If any of if anybody has uh, yet to hear about him, you should look him up. He is awesome. He's uh, country music, but it's like uh, funny st- stuff. So, anyways, that's a shout out. I think I've shouted him out before uh, on this yeah. podcast. So uh, he owes me at least uh, <laughs> I don't know a nod or a wink, or something like that, some sort of acknowledgement in some way. All right. So as we always do, we like to end every show on a high note, no matter how sad it was how deep we got into uh you know the the dark side of the human existence and we never or he never disappoints rather we've got dapper dan coming with his dastardly discount dad jokes i think there's actually more to it than that all, all original oh, yeah all original <laughs> all original there you go um and uh he uh always leaves us laughing so go ahead dan and give us your all original Never heard anywhere else before, unless it was stolen. Dad joke. That's right. All right. <clears throat> what airline did Jesus and Mary travel on? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I don't know, Dan. No. <laughs> Nobody? No. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I'm wondering. So, I'm very curious what it's going to be, though. <laughs> so the airline that Jesus and Mary traveled on was called Virgin. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Wow, that oh, was. Wow. I, I mean, I don't know why I expected anything different. You're a Christian. Oh, wow. You're on this podcast, but you really had me wondering. You had me wondering, and then and then it turned into just a regular old dad joke. So, yep. Uh, it, um, is, it is a dad joke section. Oh yeah, it is a dad joke. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. The fucking dad. I mean, fair point. Fair point. Fair point. That'll be that'll be an interesting clip when I release that one. <laughs> All right. So another another successful all original written first by Dan and then shared amongst whoever has told it since then. Dad joke. And with that, I guess we are uh, going to go ahead and kick it out. I, I hate that we have to go early. I, I say early because we usually go like an hour and a half or something. But just the listens, you know, they go way up when the, the time goes way down. So. We are trying to keep it in a uh, digestible amount of time. And uh, I think that an hour pretty well hits that mark. So, Caleb, man, you've been awesome. You've been, you know, super, uh, like, free with your story. You've, you've given us, you know, you've given us a ton to think about. I think you've given anybody that listens to this a ton uh, to think about. So, uh, with that being said, in, any of you guys got anything left? Uh, no, I just want to say thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, hang in there um Thank your you story guys. i meant i meant to say this in the in i did but i didn't want to cut you off the um the alcohol and the struggle and the you know beating your steering wheel in tears is the part that that the world doesn't see with dads and that's kind of what we're trying to change and um we are human we're not just men that don't you know have feelings or anything we do and it shit bothers us and gets to us and gets us down and i just want to tell you keep your head up man keep plugging away do it for them kiddos man they love you they need you and big props to you man and and anytime you ever need any of us if you you know you're having a bad day reach out and uh maybe we can do this again 
I'm sure you've got more to share than we could get to in an hour. And, uh, you know, I know I, I could probably speak for them too, that, uh, we'd love to hear more, more from you. Y'all don't yeah, hold back with your questions next time, you know, like ask me some stuff. I won't go too far. Uh, but that's the reason why I do this. So like my, it's, some of this stuff needs to be heard for real, like or written down. Like it's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Right on, man. I will definitely keep you in the, uh, you know, in the files, so to speak, we'll come back around again and hit you up for, for a number two and get a little bit more in depth. I, I, I usually do come with questions, but you had so much to talk about that. Like I, I was figuring that we just wouldn't have time to really get to the, yeah. to the, you know, like things like, I apologize. Uh, oh, man, no. I'm sorry. oh, no, 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 no. You did exactly no. what I hoped you would do. You, you know, you basically gave us an hour's worth of content and we didn't even have to push uh, for anything. I wouldn't even have needed uh like it could have just been me and you and you still would have helped me fill the hour so we we are appreciative of that uh anything from you uh sam no we'll, we'll talk offline right on all right then uh i guess uh once again caleb thanks man and uh thanks for your story and i'm sure it's going to help you know at least one of those people out there you've definitely given multiple topics a a lot of time and one of those is going to touch somebody so thanks again and like I said, we look forward to having you back uh, for YouTube dads. This is Corey and I'll check you guys later. Check you later. Check you later. Thank you guys as well. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. You smell that, Bill? It smells like someone died. I would do borderline homosexual acts for a Clovis point.